Hello again, and welcome once more to the Road to Tottenham cast, where we talk about the beloved BBC classic, Sorry Vicar Will Not Be Going to Tottenham Today. This episode, Season 7, Episode 3, but there's a bus going right there. What? I think you've got the wrong podcast. Oh, okay. Well, we're not doing our secret podcast. Darn it. I, I'm the one that's really? arrived here. This is making even less sense than usual. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, you're, tell- you're telling me I watched the wrong episode, Heath. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I might episode. be a little shy to contribute until one of you guys kicks my brain into going to watch which episode I'm actually doing. <laughs> was such a good episode the vicar's pointing out that there's a bus and well anyway all right well we'll try again hello again and welcome to the red dwarf intro cast where longtime fans and newbies alike talk about red dwarf episode by episode uh this episode we are popping into season 11 uh episode 4 officer rimmer my name is heath i'm angela i'm shane and our special guest this week I'm Alan, also known as Faze, Faze Dale, and on one particularly interesting occasion, Faze Sideways with a Twisted Lemon. <laughs> awesome possum. Uh, well, before we begin, um, Alan, is there any, uh, where else might people say, you have, have been on before, it's been since the end of season three, way, way back in the before time, um, but uh, just so people will know. The before Finland time. There you go. Where 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 else might people uh, find you on the interwebs? Uh, present, you can find me as the co-host of Gatecast. That's gatecast.co.uk, which is pretty much everywhere that Mike can stick it. So Facebook, we have a very interesting WordPress site where we've covered all of Stargate SG One, of Stargate SG A, and we're tail ending season two of Stargate SG SGU. But due to the weird nature of time and the fact that we were doing it with people in four different countries, we only recorded the SGA wrap-up tonight. So that was fun. I'm also at Phased Out on Twitter, and uh, I look around various fora. And if I can give a brief share, if anyone's insane enough to want to do this with me, I'm thinking of doing one of two things once Stargate wraps, Hmm. which is either a similar format episode-by-episode thing on Babylon 5, and I don't care if it's been done before, I love that show and have the shield permanently marked upon my left arm. Uh, Or failing that, I'm going to do Star Trek Next Generation, which should be interesting because I hated that show. Wow. Oh, you and Angela Angela have some fighting to do later on. (laughs) Oh, I have charts. I have plans. (laughs) As I right. look at, I, I, I have a new apartment in Finland. So, <laughs> as I look at our Blu-ray shelf and see every episode of Star Trek: Next Generation sitting there. Mm. Oh, right. and the Enterprise. And yes, um, yeah, the Enterprise D and bobbleheads of the entire bridge crew. Anyway, uh, back to Red Dwarf, though. Uh, this episode, Officer Rimmer, I am pleased to say, uh, you haven't, we haven't released our episode three yet, so Alan, you would not know this, but. I think I was right uh, on our predictions uh, for last episode. I think I said something to the effect of uh, Rimmer by some quirk becomes an officer, but then he uh, acts like a jerk. And by the end of the episode gets busted back down in rank again, because he's Rimmer. And every time something good happens to him, he blows it. So yeah, oh, he, he, it's not just about failure. It's about spectacular. failure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's about okay. him being his own worst enemy, which is the best Rimmer episodes. I yes. mean, it, it, it takes me back to the Better Than Life episode, mm. 
you know, only Rimmer could turn something which is so addictive that people don't want to live real life within it into essentially a dystopia. Yeah. Oh, okay. So. And he tries to turn the Red Dwarf into even more of a dystopia. Sorry, I was about to make a political comment, but I'm biting my tongue because we're not doing that. We are staying on Red Dwarf, darn it. No, no, no. You can okay. skip my podcast for that. Exactly. So, <laughs> um, Apocalypse cast. No, wait, that's, that's another podcast. Anyway. Um, no, no, no. It's called, no it's, be, it's called Before the Great Burn. Yes. <laughs> oh, Big Brother Rising. So, uh, <laughs> we begin with Lister having a nice nap. With pleasant you, dreams. Do you want me to read the episode? Um, I suppose we can. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, it's my segment! You have a segment? Uh, Officer Rimmer. After a scandalous piece of good fortune, Rimmer is promoted and becomes an officer. That's it? That's it. All right. That's, awesome. that's a seriously concise synopsis. I was kind of hoping <laughs> for more detail. That, 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 that would fit in a tweet. <laughs> Right. Um, and so, yeah, we have Lister's dreams of Inga. And uh, we begin that Crichton uh, says something about dreams uh, related to flying uh, being tied to sex. And then we get, I don't know, is this the longest masturbation joke that's been on Red Dwarf or has there been a longer one? I don't know. We have a, like... I didn't think it was a, it was about like... <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, first, crying out loud, this show's done a... Um... Detached penis joke before now. Well, this is true. <laughs> this is true. Um, but yes, uh, Rimmer does a wonderfully graphic uh, metaphor, uh, metaphorical joke there. Um, this isn't just the one with the vacuum cleaner attachment stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's probably the possibly the biggest one. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Ta-da. And I have um, to say, this opening yes. scene that we saw. Mm-hmm. was actually filmed part of uh, series 12 of course it was <laughs> the opening the opening scene um so who do you know who works at bbc again sorry i'm just wondering where you're getting all this interesting info i have my ways uh yes I, Wikipedia. I uh, but yeah the the opening scene <laughs> for the episode winded up on the cutting <laughs> floor and like an idiot, I didn't check the deleted scenes to see if it was in there before recording. Aww. Yeah, of course we can't. We're waiting for all the goodies on the on the disc. Yep. Okay, uh, then we get some seriously creepy, creepy scenes uh, aboard um, a mysterious ship that appears when it begins printing out its crew member and gets jammed. Oh, yeah. And our, oh goodness, yeah! Already at this point, as we discover what's happening, I mean, I'm I'm thinking like this is some David Cronenberg stuff. This is some really creepy visuals with Mister Face <laughs> on the top of his head. And boy, did I, I had I did, had no idea what was coming uh, by the end of the episode. That we get full on. Um, <laughs> they Cronenberged yeah. it. Yeah, they, they Cronenberged it up. It's all Cronenberged. Yeah, mm, I, I'd be more inclined to say Lynch. It's hard to tell who's more screwed up in the head. Boy, if they co-directed something. Oh, God, no. Oh, the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Eraserhead meets the thing. Oh, God, no. If it goes er- ra- uh, 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 sorry, in a brief digression, Eraserhead is the one movie I had to be forced to watch and will never voluntarily watch again. <sighs> Honestly, I'm, I'm there with you. I genuinely it. <laughs> disturbing. Yeah, I, I'm there with you. Wait. You haven't seen more hard than Drive, then. <laughs> I don't know that I've seen Mulholland Drive, actually. That's a movie about hats. 
But yeah, we we yeah. started Eraserhead, but it just we couldn't like there was nothing grounded in it. I love absurd absurdism and weirdness and creepiness when it shows you know contrast to reality and whatnot. But there was no reality. It it it, it didn't seem to have a coherent. And I know people love it, and I'm sure, and and, and yes, the art, artistic you know, of it and everything. But yeah, I just couldn't. I couldn't. You, you want weirdness grounded in reality? Watch Existence. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so this has been Cronenberg uh, cast with a special guest by David Lynch. Yeah. And uh, uh, wait. Okay. Um, so yeah, creepy, creepy dude with a face on his head. Um, paper jam. There's a paper jam. <laughs> PC letter. Uh, and so it sounded like a dot matrix too. I think it should be. Yeah, I think if we ever do 3D printing of humans, we should have a dot matrix printer for it. Uh, <laughs> when you've watched everything and get your hands on the DVD, uh, there is well, when you watch the um, special features, I mean, uh, in the documentary there are some great uh, concept art for the uh, for the makeup job. Cool. I will look forward to that. The makeup job was fine here like i think it worked better when he was on the screen than when he came on the ship like it got really really obvious that it was just a hat but it was i mean it was classic red dwarf special effects yeah there i i i think the idea was creepy enough to where even if the execution was yeah okay that's clearly makeup and a hat i i I, it worked for me anyway i i just love how um it's rumor's selfishness being rewarded. Yes. yes. He, he decides, let's blow the ship up and saves it. Yes. Yeah, at this point, like when he's about to blow the ship up, Heath and I were like, man, that's, well, I guess that makes sense, but that's yeah. cold. <laughs> he, yeah. Rumor can be not necessarily so much immoral as amoral when need be. Um, yeah. He. Rimmer is a bit like Todd in Stargate. He's the ultimate pragmatist. Yeah, yeah. Though, I mean, if you do think about it, okay, maybe they had some cargo, but, like, are 3D-printed people people? Like, because by the end, like, uh, Mr., you know, face on head just says, okay, the cargo is safe, so I guess I'm done. Bye. Well, he I mean, even say by he's just like, ah, the thing is safe, sludge. Yeah, yeah, sludge. I mean, yeah, they come with a with a time limit, but then don't real people come with a time limit? Yeah, but real people's <laughs> time limit isn't dependent on completion of an outside thing. People are determined within themselves. That depends on the outside thing. <laughs> well, I mean, not just like death by accident, but like. I'm not going. I'm not going to be like Alexander the Great and say, "Okay, I accomplished everything I wanted to do in life." Spludge. <laughs> so yeah, we'd have to go back to Doctor Who and the the clone episode to uh, see if we can determine oh, whether but... or not the clones are real people or three D printed people are people. That's a, that's still my long term project. I want to find someone insane enough to cover the entirety of classic Doctor Who with me in the podcast. Wow! Best of luck on that one. Yeah, it'll probably take about 20 years. Yeah, especially since they're restoring the lost episodes now. It's ever-growing canon. Oh, I have 180 gigabits sitting on a hard drive. Wow. All right, uh, so let's see. So if we turn to Heidegger to decide whether or not his actions were ethical... No, okay, we will not be turning to Heidegger. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, Rimmer then makes the decision to blow someone else up to save himself, does it wrong, and ends up saving the ship. Um, <laughs> and yeah, basically fails his way up, which is something that could never happen in the real military. Um, and so... No, obviously it could not happen in any large bureaucratic organization. No, said. it's just, it's just wiggling, not realistic. Wiggling, wiggling 22 and a half years of professional experience in the Irish government, so I bet. <laughs> And I love as soon as he gets, like, the commendation and he gets the uh, promotion, everyone else is eye-rolling. Like, mm. like okay, it's going to be this kind of episode. <laughs> and so, let's see. Um, it just doesn't the peril go to his head at all. Oh, yes. No. It's not like he institutes a class system. <laughs> Yeah, and the stands. You can't forget about the stands. I was about to say, Rimmer does the epic crazy man spread as he yes. stands there, <laughs> talking with Crichton about his modest celebration um, for for his new rank. Uh, but I, 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 I just love the barbershop quartet. Oh, yes. Uh, let's see. So I think they settle on uh, first lieutenant, or lieutenant, depending on where you are in the world. Um Actually, which do they say in the show? I couldn't quite hear. Lieutenant or Lieutenant? I don't anybody, remember. Anybody I don't it? remember either, actually. I'm not entirely sure what species that. I'll have to go back. They, they said it so quickly that... Yeah, and the guy had a face on top of his head, so... Yeah. There's that. Um, and yes, Rimmer instantly, of course, decides to reserve all of the officer's privileges for himself. Uh, I love the TV thing, that he has the officer's only channels... Yeah. I want to watch Amish Downrated MTV. Downrated his cable package. <laughs> like, they're complaining, but I, I have to see Amish MTV. What is that even like? I just uh, want to watch the knitting channel. Yes. <laughs> um, Amish Paradise by Will Odankovic. I've seen it performed live. You lucky, lucky. <clears throat> no swag on this podcast, Shane. No swag on this podcast. Really? Really? Oh. Huh. I, I've, I've, been, I've been sort of a... Which one of you edits it? Uh, it varies. It depends. <laughs> Probably Angela for the next couple. <laughs> right, because I, I do... I'm basically not swearing because I'm too sleep deprived to think of some inventive ones. <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, aside from the channels, we have the officer's lift and the grunt lift. And mm. I love the look of the officer's lift with Crichton there. And the music and the <laughs> facial mist. That he gets kicked out of. Yes. <laughs> I like the voice of the the uh, grunt lift. Oh yeah, it's uh, was it Scouse? I forget. Shane, I have no I, idea. I'm sure Shane already has the entire uh, IMDb DB page copied for who who voiced the uh, grunt lift. I have to say I didn't know. <gasps> Shame, shame. You're falling down. Yeah, some tab. Sorry. No, uh, when I when when it first started speaking for like half a second, I was like, "Wait a minute, they didn't get Hattie, did they?" But no, no, it no. was not. Obviously, just for like half a second, it almost sounded like her, and I got excited. No, but it, the, the it was the lift lady and the um she's she's in the credit as Gosh Lady. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same person. Nice. Uh, let's see then. Of course, uh, Rimmer is constantly referring to Lister as third technician now, because of course. Because of course. Mm -hmm. And like, okay, so if they had the 
wherewithal to make Red Dwarf look like the officer's corridor and the officer's lift, then they should have been doing that from the beginning. <laughs> yes. Did anybody recognize the officer's corridor? Not you really. know, actually, I was looking. It looked um, a little like uh, Princess Leia's ship in Star Wars. It's hexagonal. <laughs> it's all white. Um, but no, I didn't recognize it specifically. I, I just made a note that, oh, it looks kind of Star Wars-y. Uh, you've seen it very, very recently. Mm. It's the same corridor as in From Samsara. Mm-hmm. Just painted, just painted differently. And as I've said, I am terrible, terrible, terrible at seeing those details. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. Um, so of course they have to come up with a plan, and that plan is that they're going to clone some, or sorry, print somebody that could demote Rimmer. Uh, and then we get some interesting discussions, which does sort of actually continue the questions of the rights of three D printed people. It seems like. Cat is interesting in uh, printing himself out a date. Um, and Lister has sold his genome to the company, mm. which means that there are many, many Listers out there. Um, mm. Doing, like, phone calls service. Yes. Like, was, which, he, which was it a telemarketer, or was it, like, calling information, you get Lister? It's a, it's a call center person, so... Mm-hmm. I have Yeah, but... But that could go either way. Like, do yeah. you call for, like, tech support? Or is it someone, like, cold calling people saying if they're happy with their insurance? It works either way. I wonder why that's the reason why you couldn't get the Stairmaster. Mm. That could have been. <laughs> he was talking to himself the whole yeah. time. Yeah. We have a lovely scene there. I don't want to give away all the quotes here. But we have a lovely scene where they're asking Crichton for help, but he can't. Except he finds a way around it. Mm-hmm. Just, if you think I'm going to select all of these files, <laughs> I mm-hmm. loved that. That was a really so good one. Yes. Yes. And again, shows how Crichton has, has developed. You know, back in the day, he, he I don't think he could have even brought himself to do that. Uh, but yeah. he's, he's finally come into his rebellious beginnings back from his introduction, the end of the episode of, of his introduction. Um Fight the power, Crichton. <laughs> okay, so I had a moment of just cross-cultural not understanding things. Okay. okay. But when he said, I might have flogged it, I thought he was talking about something completely different. <laughs> what, are you th- what are you thinking? Yeah, you exactly. Thinking wrong of, Come on. I, I, no, no, I, I thought... I, I thought yep. his genetic material got into the 3D printer in a completely different way. Oh, Ah, right. Okay. (laughs) It makes sense. What what does flogging have to do with, like, selling something? Like, why why is that a word for, like, selling stuff? Why why, why is it a word for this other act of self-love? It makes more sense than selling. (laughs) There's a British daytime TV show called Flog It. Yes. I, well, I, I've never heard that before. So is is that like Pawn Stars here? Like people uh, go to a, go to a, a well, I guess. Oh goodness, I've never actually questioned this, but yeah, people like go to a pawn shop and sell their stuff and find out if it's worth things and and that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought I thought you were saying porn with a strange accent. <laughs> so pawn is porn and flogging is flogging, and okay. Um, <laughs> Let's move swiftly on. 
But yeah, no, I, I think I think that was the the reason for the name of the show, Pawn Stars. They, yeah, they you know they play on words and it gets attention. But yeah, it's all about a family that runs a a pawn shop in Las Vegas, and people bring in lots of weird stuff, as you can imagine, because Las Vegas, and they've just lost all of their money because they're super super intelligent. Oh so. God! I just realized that Pawn Stars is a pun. You hadn't thought of that before. <laughs> whereas I never as, mind. I'm just gonna crawl I, into a hole here. No reason to flog yourself over it. But you know, actually, I I will admit that for a second I had the same thought until the context made it clear. Um, Thank you. I'm not weird. There you well, go. Yeah. All I, right. I, that's why we're all here. Indeed. <laughs> Embrace your weirdness, accept it, and it will serve you like a faithful dog. So, so we find out that Lister was making love to the machine, and then had sold his <laughs> sold his genome. It's um, like Donatello; he does machines. Donatello does machines. This is verified. Yeah. Oh, you know that genuinely hadn't crossed my mind until this very moment. Thank you for completely destroying. <laughs> A You're treasure welcome. childhood badly animated cartoon show. You are oh welcome. Oh my goodness. <sighs> anyway, back to Red Dwarf, shall we? There we go. <laughs> back to Red Dwarf. Oh, it's been a while we've since ha- we've had we've, to back. We've, bro- we've broken Shane. Well done. Um, oh, we've broken many years ago, Baze. <laughs> so, uh, we then get uh, Rimmer is printing himself a new crew. Uh, of course, all Rimmers, and I love that they do have some nice episode continuity here uh, when Crichton points out that history tells us that you and you is a bad mix. Um, exactly. Thank you, Crichton. So very true. And, okay, so he thinks, well, I'll just solve the problem by making them all not as, you know, under me. Like, I'll, I'll make them uh, have not the same rank as me. But they're still going to have his ambition. Mm-hmm. Like, he can't get rid of that. So even if he hadn't Cronenberged it up, then... It was always going to go been, wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they would have outnumbered him, and they would have messed him up. Plus, I'm reminded you know, of, what, uh, what was that episode called? Rimmer World. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, so yeah, this was this was always bound for disaster. Uh, and, you know, they have the opportunity here to have a crew of people that they can interact with and and not go crazy stranded alone on the ship together. And, of course, Rimmer, just in his vanity, this is this is Rimmer's, Rimmer's paradise. There's nothing but Rimmer's. Yeah. Now I'm trying to, uh, I've got Amish paradise running command. <laughs> harvest but my then, brain. of course, what, if they had 3D printed, printed a bunch of people, then what would have been, like... They might have been going full Westworld here. Mm. I haven't like, seen make it. a bunch of automatons for their sure. amusement. <laughs> well, well, just the basic premise. Yeah. Like, create a bunch of automatons for your amusement, but not really care yeah. about them. And that, Yeah, we haven't seen any of the show either. We've, we've seen the original yeah. movie, which was kind of cool. Uh, and we get our quartet, which is awesome. And they do a really good job with it too. I mean, you can tell that they've auto-tuned a lot of it, but yeah, I, I thought it was a really nice, uh, nicely done scene. Okay, couple of things on this, if I may. Number no, one, no, you may. Yes, of course you can. Go ahead. <laughs> Number one, does anybody recognize the music running in the background? No. <laughs> mm. 
it was it music. Was, it, yeah, uh, the background music in the um, in the officers' quarters scene. It was actually, in fact, the Munchkin song just redone. Oh, that's really nice. But Rimmer wouldn't know about the Munchkin song. He was gone. Well, <laughs> continuity, and um, and also that set was uh, obviously done on pre-record, mm-hmm. and it was done uh, where the audience was. Oh, nice. I I, I thought it was actually on location before I found that out. Yeah, they did a really good job with it. Um, they've always done good with uh, with multiple versions of a character on screen at the same time. Mm. But yeah, I, I got to be honest. I had assumed going back to our earlier theorizing in previous episodes from the opening credits, I had assumed that the episode with the multiple rumors would be the same episode that had the weird blonde cat um, shooting at things. Uh, but yep, apparently I was wrong. That is yet to come. So our idea of the, the polymorph to the return may uh, may hold up. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you guys haven't seen the rest of it? No, yeah. no we're going episode by episode. Oh. Uh, but, you know, we do see the opening credits, and so we've put in a few random theories. As we see Lister punching a pineapple, which makes me think we have a polymorph or polymorph-type episode returning. I'm saying nothing. Yeah, as as for the best. Um, I'm saying nothing very loudly, but I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Let's see. Oh goodness! Oh, I have I've copied some notes on papers I was grading onto onto my red dwarf notes. <laughs> so this is where I'm putting your launch pad grade. You had six of these to do, and uh... <laughs> oh goodness! Dear student, you have made bad life choices. Maybe next semester, don't make those. <laughs> oh. And so, let's see, we get our monstrous Super Rimmer uh, coming up here. That was a lot of fun. It was. It was very creepy. Like, the camera angles went all crazy. Well, and that may, I mean, to have the thing fully on screen all at the same time for any amount of time is going to be cost prohibitive. And it's going to have limited motion because they're probably having to do some some puppetry and everything else. And so they were just using crazy camera angles to show bits and pieces of it. Uh, to where they wouldn't have to show the whole thing all at once very often. But it worked. I have a, I have a question on the so-called science. <laughs> Given that they are all 3D printed and Rimmer's a hardly hologram, how are they going to absorb them? I wondered whether or not they would be able to as well. They seem to forget that Rimmer's a hard light hologram. Pretty yeah. It, it comes up when it's convenient. Yeah. Yes. But hang on, when, when they restored the ship in Season 9, didn't Rimmer come back to life? Season 8, yes. Yeah. And then so I, I, presume, up, I, presume right? they, I presume they killed him again at some point. We don't know. I, I, I know they killed him. He was alive briefly at the end of the oh, no. time travel episode. No, this is way back. And they had the bomb from Hitler's briefcase. Yep. I'm alive, I'm alive. Boom, end of episode. But which is which rumor is rumor? It's coming back. <laughs> But of course, this rumor is a different rumor from the one at the beginning of this season because another rumor came back. Huh? Still keeping the theory. Yeah, back in episode one, Angela is still uh, theorizing, perhaps half seriously, that uh, when Rimmer got kidnapped by the uh, super replicants and then returned, that they actually returned a different rumor. Yep. Because why not? Why not, indeed? Still <laughs> holding on to the theory. I tend to think that um, you are uh, looking for more continuity than will exist. But, you know, that's fine. Please don't 
tend to think that I'm wrong. Wrongity, wrong, wrong, wrong. Uh, let's see. And so we have... Yes. Uh, they decide that Rimmer has to uh, resign his command before they will let him get to safety. <laughs> oh, Which is, you know, always nice. It was fair enough. Yeah, it's, it's a fair comp. This whole thing really did feel like an episode of Rick and Morty. <laughs> Sorry? Rick and Morty is really good. You should it's, watch it. It's a really good cartoon. It's Rick and Morty. It's almost... Oh, the weird time travel alien. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My my friend, when I was visiting Finland in April, um, my friend made me sit down and watch like 10 episodes of the back-to-back. <laughs> it's, As he should. Yeah, it's such a... They, you know, it's not really similar to Red Dwarf, but in the same way that they will use high-concept sci-fi to do comedy... Although with Rick and Morty, it just spins off into philosophy as often as it does yeah. comedy. It, and and ge- in general, just gross out stuff. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah very sophomoric humor in there, which is nice because, you know, I have the sense of humor of a 12-year-old anyway. So. Oh, okay. I've seen it before. Ah, he did. Yes. The, 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 oh, the O oh, of... Re- that, that, that's the... Uh, that's the O, oh, the element of realization. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it, it's 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 in the same valence group as ah uh, the element of surprise. I love that how Lister uh, distracts the uh, Rimmer beast by appealing to Rimmer's natural tendencies. You have to make a list, and you, do you have a yep. pen? Got to have a pen to write the list. We uh, always have. A pen. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, it's really it, abrupt. It ending. ended just at a at a di- it just stopped on a dime, didn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I was going to that was one of my main points, the ending. Like, I know that I, before we've talked about how they had the end of the episode, and then uh, they had this sort of tagged on scene where they were discussing what had happened, and mm-hmm. you, you had said that it wasn't meant to be there. I didn't even think it felt weird, but if ever an episode needed that, I kind of feel like there were some good punchlines to be had here after they they beat the bad guy. But they're yeah, like, I learned nope, something today, you guys. It. Yep. <laughs> So yeah, what's... maybe all of them hanging out at the officers' club and yes, like Rimmer getting all mad that they're hanging out his officers' club, but like them not letting him in or something. Why not? Yeah, Rimmer having to ban himself from the officers' club because he mm-hmm. will yeah, respect yeah. rank. Yeah, but no, and this is ha- and this yeah. is what was filmed. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. How, how did it go? Hey, what, what we see on screen. Mm-hmm. That was it. Oh, okay. So, so there wasn't ever an ending. There wasn't an end. There wasn't an end. Uh, and no. Hmm. It just so it's like okay, budget's over. Snip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we gotta get home. Wow. I've got a roast in the oven. We gotta go. Yes. <laughs> what? Yep. Sunday roast. Oh well, uh, episode's over. <laughs> oh, sorry. I I wasn't sure if you were being literal or not, since it is Sunday. No. I don't know. Well, we could we we could have an antagonistic podcast about Star Trek Next Generation. <laughs> I, hey, I'm ready anytime. Some of this, I mean, some of these concepts in this episode have been explored by TNG. Um, like when they come up with the idea of making more datas than, you know, the whole idea of disposable people and whatnot. I mean, when you get into cloning or 3D printable people, then you open up a pretty big Pandora's box as for what it means to be an individual or to have rights or to be human, etc. And yeah, this episode almost touches on that for a minute and then says, no, let's just make a big old monster. It's fine. Um, <laughs> because it's Red Dwarf, and, and that's what we love about Red Dwarf. There's only so much you can do on a sitcom budget. 
Mm. Even with Dave. Yeah. yeah. At least the production values have gone up quite a bit. I liked season. the look of this episode. I did. Yeah. Yeah, there, there, there was actual budget. I mean... Mm. Well, I, and I, I think it's say, not I, just, like, budget, but they're using it wisely. Yep. I, I gotta say, the model shots are surprisingly effective. Even though you... I mean, like, I'm not talking season three or models where you can actually see the strings, but... All right, well, so we need to do a few things, like um, rates and quotes, and um, sounds like we're buying insurance. Huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's see, uh, we rate it first, right? Yes. I'm asking. Yes, we okay. do. Cool. Well, guests get to go first. So, Alan, uh, what, is your, what is your overall take here? Um, what is my criteria for rating? Oh, we usually uh, go on a scale of 1 to 10, and then, but 10 what's you get to make up usually something funny, a reference to the episode. Oh. And determining one to ten is entirely up to you. Yes, I think we all have a different like opinion about what the ratings mean. Yeah, uh, arbitrary. Completely. So, Completely. So, uh, so on a scale of one-headed rumor to ten-headed rumor. <laughs> nice. I'll give it a hydra level seven. Ooh, on, okay. On the grounds that it's a nice number, and yeah. it's the amount of hours of sleep I'd like to get tonight. Mm. Okay. Nice, Shane. Me, uh, I would I actually really enjoy the episode, um, except for the ending, obviously. Uh, but it's not like um, Red Dwarf has not has never done this before. Um, there's quite a few episodes I could actually mention, um, so I'm gonna have to um, give it probably an eight names on a list. Well, I'm going fairly high with this one. Even though they've they rehashed some ideas that they already had, but they were all good ideas. So um, I'm giving it a nine out of ten paper jams. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, I kind of feel like this was it was good. I enjoyed it. I chuckled. Um, I don't think it had the pizzazz of the previous two episodes. Even I, I feel like this is kind of where episode one was this season. Um, so I'm going to go back to that. I'm going to give it. Uh, seven and um, uh, seven and a half um, executive lifts uh, out of out of ten. Um, and again, it's not. I'm not overly critical of it. I thought that it was good. I just feel like this was an episode. There's nothing really that I think that I dwelt on that I thought back to that I, uh, you know, some episodes keep me thinking or I'll think think back at the episode and laugh. You know, a, a few days after I've watched it, this one was sort of like, nah, I watched it. It was good. What's next? Um, and you know, every se- I guess every season has to have those. But. So um, now we can do some quotes, uh, favorite yes. quotes or references or whatever of the episode. And uh, Alan, as our guest, you get first pick. Uh, since, as previously stated, approximately twelve to fourteen hours sleep since <laughs> Thursday, I'm going with the only quote that comes to mind, which is, "We always have a pen." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because it was said earlier. I can't remember anything else. Nice. Uh, I, I, okay. If I had, I don't know the actual quote, but pretty much anything said by the grunt lift. Yes. <laughs> Shane. Um. Why don't I go with a grunt? Li- why don't I go with a grunt lift quote? Do it. Uh. What landing bay? Okay, keep your air on. I'm not deaf. <laughs> Love. Um. 
Sorry, you go ahead. I'm trying to find it. Okay, but we might have to edit this one because I'm just going to say the quote. Do you mean all those smart-ass scousers in the call centers are me? I've had those Johnnies. They're a pain in the backside. They know nothing, and they sound like they don't want to be there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here it is. Um... Uh, we've got the totally unnecessarily massive repeat sports package anymore. Look at this. Uh, 7ID7, uh, Premier League Croquet Eastbourne Ladies versus Gloucestershire Girls. It's a grudge match. Gosh, it's not too bad. (laughs) (laughs) You've been to Gloucestershire? Yes, I have. (laughs) Yes. Oh, just as I was looking for my quote here. You're you're one of the 18% who have passports. Uh... Yeah, oh yeah, as I was looking for my quote, I just remembered a goofy scene that I loved. It's not a quote, but um, while all the rumors are coming into the club, then, you know, evening, 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 rumor for two. But while he's talking to uh, Lister, then there's like this one rumor that just looks at him and like sort of points and just points forward and then just does this awkward little hop into the, um, rushes into there. You know, just the look uh, (laughs) that Chris does there is, is great. So yeah, if you didn't catch that one, be sure and, and check the uh, beginning yeah. of that scene again. Purely because I'm evil and I'm sharing this. If an angel statue is removed from a fountain, does that make it a sans serif font? <laughs> nice. I could say something, but it would be incredibly sounds incredibly rude out of context. No, go ahead. Excellent. And we look forward to going down with you again soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Any advice? Yeah, don't wear a hat. <laughs> oh yes you know, I feel, of course this was always going to be a rimmer centered episode but I, f- I felt like there wasn't enough cat I could have used a little more cat in this episode the cat knew that and deliberately chose not to be in the episode that actually would be very <laughs> fitting for a cat wouldn't you agree yes you would yep <laughs> well I think that about brings us to the end of this one um, hey Shane what is the uh, next episode the next episode is called as a as I knocked it off my screen because I was looking at something else. Uh, it's called Crisis. I'm betting Crisis is spelled with a K R Y. It certainly is. Oh, I'm clever. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm in the back of I'm trying to think of what Crisis could be. That's not very. Uh, of course, it's going to be a crisis related to Crichton. Well, yeah. Um, if we hadn't already just had a. There's a whole bunch of Rimmers episode. I would almost think we were about to have a, a fistful of Crichtons. Um, lots and lots of Crichton clones. But one, we've already kind of done that. And two, yeah, we've just uh, we've already done it. So I think I think Crichton's going to get a computer virus. Ooh. And he's going to be like Toasty. doing things around the ship that's actually causing harm. But he doesn't know it and no one else suspects him. And they're going to be, like, chasing down, like, various uh, problems around the ship. And, like, Crichton's going to think that he's, like, dusting something. The reason Crichton's original ship crashed, at least according to the book version, was that he was cleaning the inside of the computer. Yeah. Uh, So that's not completely out of line with previous happenings. I like it. And yeah, when you first said Crichton gets a virus, I was thinking, well, okay, evil Crichton. But no, it is, it's more interesting if he doesn't realize that he has a virus. Yeah, and then he'll feel guilt. Yeah, although when Crichton feels guilt, his character gets really, really annoying for a season. So do we really want whiny Crichton? But maybe he'll be like more mature guilt. Like we've seen him become better. Hmm. 
So I don't know. I don't think it's going to be Crichton clones. I, I would have, if not for the fact that we've just had a clone episode. Um, I like your idea of a virus a lot, and I'm really struggling to think. We've already had that his expiration date is coming up, and another uh, another bot is coming to replace him. So I'm trying to think of what crisis there could possibly be involving Crichton that we haven't already done or guessed. <laughs> I, I literally cannot comment without giving it away. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I shall be uncharacteristically restrained in my speech. I guess uh, I guess I'm not going to um, have a. I'm going to go with Angela's. Yeah, Crichton gets a virus. I like that. Yeah. Yay me. Yay you. You have the theory this time. We we'll, we will see. But you know, I got this episode basically right. So yeah, I think hey, it's so fine for me to to skive off a bit. Um. All right. Well, until next time, Alan. Thank you for joining us again, and uh, we will be. <laughs> Uh, back again to see if Angela was right. Bye! Bye! Bye. I'll be right. Mm-hmm.